Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Sarah Kyes spends a little extra time after the voices from the trail panel at Medved to chat with little old me. During our talk, she shares tips for airport happiness, schools me on truck bed designs, and reinforces the importance of flossing. Because these, these are the important things in life, folks. Flossing. Don't forget about it. Sarah also shares a little bit about running fast in the mountains and her upcoming trip to Western states. So we'll have that too. Uh, First, a little bit about Sarah's background. Sarah is fast. She is also a mountain runner, an ultra runner, and a citizen of the United States. Combine those ingredients with a bit of hard work, add in some pizzazz, and you have the 2016 U.S. Skyrunning VK that's vertical kilometer, you know, straight up, and ultra division champion. Sarah is from Saranac Lake, New York, the recent host city of the World Snowshoe Championships, where she placed fourth in what will be a truly memorable event, talked about for quite some time, for so many reasons that you'll hear a little bit later. Before we chat with Sarah, I'd like to mention that this episode is sponsored by Twisted Branch Trail Run a scenic 100K race nestled in the Finger Lakes of New York, running from Ontario County Park, the highest point in Ontario County, uh, in Naples, down to Hammondsport, New York. You'll hear more about that during the episode closing. But just know, it's August 19th, and it's a hell of a party. And finally, big thanks to Medved Running and Walking for bringing Sarah to town, hosting the aforementioned Trail Talk, and allowing me to turn the corner of a store into a podcast studio for a small piece of the morning. If you want to run like Sarah, head over to Medved and grab yourself a pair of La Sportivas. And then get yourself running up and down the Adirondack Mountains, of course. Uh, and with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. <laughs> So did you get a you get a chance to dry out after our kind of I mean I'm used to this stuff you know like I'm a pro at like changing in the car <laughs> <laughs> like I always have baby wipes around you know like right. the baby wipe showers <laughs> so the best you can do half the time but so yeah last night we had you were in the store you had a talk at Medved yep. we talked about running and all sorts of fun trail things yep. hung out. Uh, for most of the night and then we <laughs> passed <yeah>. my bedtime <laughs> yeah way past my bedtime as well and then we got up for a 6 a.m run yes yeah. sunrise so run the, it was called the five fifteen alarm came pretty early <laughs> i was like oh, all right and kind of rolled over and like met, went to hit the snooze and was like no actually i really should get up <laughs> forgot like where i was for a minute um but it was great. Yeah, that, that 6 a.m. sunrise run was, was awesome. Yeah, I, I, so I woke up five minutes before <laughs> my alarm. I, I, I can't stand doing that. But I woke up at 4.55, yeah. and I, I went to the bathroom, and I came back, and I was, like, going to crawl back into my bed. Yeah. And I don't know if I was thinking that I wasn't going to go on the run, but I was going to crawl back into my bed, and I, I sat down on the edge of the bed, and the dog was already in my spot. <laughs> so you're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, 
I was saying this to somebody last night, like sometimes you have to, like sleeping at the trailhead, say like, doesn't give you any excuses, you know, in the morning. You're like, well, I'm here, and I might as well just get out there and run, you know? Yeah. Um, like kind of the art of giving yourself no outs, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so I have a I have a 50K run next Sunday, um, and it's going to be, it's starting at the top of the Twisted Branch course in Ontario okay. County Park. Mm-hmm. That's an hour from my house. I'm yeah. starting the run at 6 a.m. Right. I think I'm going to have to stay there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean, that's a good option, you know, uh, those, it is tough, like, early race starts where you have to, there's a bunch of races out there where it's point to point and you have to, like, catch the shuttle, you know, or something, and so it's like a 3 a.m. shuttle to get to the starting line by 4.30 where it starts, you know, starts at 5.30 or something, and they want to be sure you're all there on time, and yeah, it's interesting. It works well for me, like traveling out west from here work is great because I'm awake at like 3 a.m. when you know because it's six o'clock here, right? Like ready to go. <laughs> have it, you don't have that time adjustment yeah. thing. So that's actually the, a bonus. Um, but yeah. So the so that's that's the thing with you, right? You bring your house wherever you right. go when you're out right. west, right? Yep. Do you do you um, do you ever fly to a race ever? Yes. Um, so. Actually, so last year, in 2016, I flew most of the time. Um, okay. And so I probably went out west like seven or eight times last year flying, so I racked up some good mileage. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, and it, you kind of just, like, get accustomed to that, too. You yeah. know, the flying out west and, you know, I use Priceline a lot for rental vehicles. You know, name your own price and try and get a good deal. Um, and Airbnb, you know, and yeah. and just the cheapest room I can find. And I have to always explain to people, I'm going to be leaving at like, you know, 4 a.m. Hopefully I don't wake you up. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, and don't spend much time there anyway. But, uh, yeah, so I do fly actually quite a bit. Um, yeah. Which you just kind of have to take it as a rest, kind of a rest day or try and get a run in before or after. But Yuck. Yeah. Airports just... Uh. They're interesting to me, you know. I, I um, it's a, like an interesting environment in there of like they want people to be comfortable but not too comfortable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And I always wonder about the workers, like people that work like in the coffee shops and do the things. And I've asked quite a few. I'm like, do you like your job? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you like coming here every day? And lo- some of them are, they're like floored that I even ask, you know, like say these things to them. And some of them are like, mm, yeah, you get to meet a lot of people, you see, you know, a lot of things. Um, but for I would think it would just be horrendous, like just stuck in there, like watching people go places all day long. <laughs> well, it is kind of like it is kind of its own little city, right? Yeah. It's like a yeah. self self contained city. So yeah, yeah. You know, you get to meet people from all around the world, right? Yeah. But people aren't at their greatest in an airport. In traveling you, you're scenarios. Not, no, you're not seeing the best <laughs> of society. I don't think. No, and. So I say this about like Southwest a lot, so because you know they do their um, open seating plan kind of thing, yeah. and it is like a social experiment, I think. And mm-hmm. more often than not, it turns out really good. Though I've been very impressed with people, <laughs> and like you know, offering like if there's a couple traveling together, or a kid, you know, a, a, even a teenager and a parent, and people will get up and move, you know, which is really nice. And there's no like bashing each other over the head to get you know the uh, space, you know, and the the for the luggage and stuff but so the experiment sort of worked. it seems right? to work yeah yeah because <laughs> nobody's able to fight over their their seat right, right? it's That's all it's all open yeah, yeah. so it's hmm. kind of interesting um but i have found too like all the traveling that i've done at airports like it doesn't does not help to be angry and like no. upset like the more aggressive and like 
demanding you are of like the customer service people who are just doing their job you know that's like yeah. everyday occurrence for them like the way way worse off it's going to be for you you know they hold all the power like, oh yeah there's no way you're getting that power from them by being angry no you know? so i've lucked out many more times by just being nice and saying hey you know like i know everybody else is stranded too like any chance there's maybe something available which is okay if not you know yeah. <laughs> like and then they're like well actually yeah we can like reroute you this way and i'm like okay Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, and the same with the workers. Like, they're yeah. probably happy to have somebody come up and have a nice... I, I, yeah. I'm always trying to be just chatty and pleasant because yeah. it can't be good having people yell at you all day. No. Which is why I generally like to drive places. Yeah. I like I like the road trip. I yeah. like to see America. I like yeah. to stop at the little diners, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. take... Uh, this highway goes from here to there, but we could take the spur road right. and go in that way instead. Right. Yeah, Um yeah, I you know I try not like if if I'm traveling I don't really eat out eat out often. Mm-hmm. Um, like I will buy <laughs> if I'm living out of the truck I certainly buy vegetables and stuff but I have to like eat them all in one sitting. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. You don't have a refrigerator. <laughs> no, I I do have a good cooler. You know, like one yeah. of those like super expensive like keeps ice for supposedly ten days but really it's like two days. <laughs> yeah. Type of thing. Um, and so, like, I'll buy, like, a thing of kale, and I have to eat it all, or, other, you know what I mean? Or, like, <laughs> or, which is okay, you know, you can, I could cook it down and eat a full thing of kale, you eat know, all when sitting, kale. but. <laughs> Sarah Kai's eats all her veggies. <laughs> all the veggies. I also just went to the dentist the other day, which they gave me an A++, so I was psyched, but I also floss the whole time. I don't skip the whole, a day. The ever. whole time you're driving? Like. <laughs> No, but every night, you know, like oh. I floss every night. <laughs> you have really, the, you have really good dirtbagging habits, huh? Yeah, you got. I mean, you have to make it like, uh, like achievable, you know, like or just make it real life. You know, it's it is, it's real life. It's not. Um, I say this a lot too. Like people are like, oh, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't look at it at like vacation anymore. It's. Yeah. Um, it's just life. Well, that's the thing. You've made your life a vacation, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> kind of. I so I mean, so let, let's set a little context for people that weren't that didn't hear the talk last night and didn't, didn't run with you at six a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, you are getting ready for your. Is this will be this your second time you've gone cross country? Yes, I mean, to you live out of the truck. Come yep. back, right? yep. So you live out of your pickup truck. Mm-hmm. You have the cab on the back. You have a nice little shelf bed, yep. the, the, the sturdy storage underneath, bed on the top type yep. thing. Yep. Yes, there's a couple of, of um, worlds of thought on how to set up your truck bed if you're going to live in it. Um, like some people will sleep on the floor of the, the, the bed and maybe have a shelf behind, you know, at the towards the the cab um so you put your feet underneath it and then you can use you know use that as like a surface and then have kind of cubbies beside you or some people do a full bed with storage underneath them um but then you can't sit up typically in the truck so um i had a ford ranger prior to the tacoma and in there which was smaller um and i did the sim- a similar setup like a half bed so it's only like two feet wide um which is big enough for me and mo- my dog mocha because she's only 20 pounds so she's little and i found that it was really nice especially if it were raining to have that like leg space you know available so i could sit kind of sit on the bed and have area to move around in there still so a full bed was kind of the question for me um but now i'm developing a new design with uh-oh <laughs> so um 
half bed still, uh, but with a ability to make it more of a full bed. So like another sheet of plywood that I can um, kind of slide out if I want a larger space with a mattress that folds out too. Whoa. So yeah. So you're, you're going convertible. <laughs> going, going, yeah, going bigger, yeah. Um, so my, my thought was that I would want the half bed mm-hmm. and I would do sort of like drawers mm-hmm. underneath, right? So, but then drawers take away space. You can't like shove and slide things underneath. Kind there. of, but so you also want to be able to access them, access them easily. So like... Uh, when I'm parked and I'm like cooking or something, I have a, I'll have a drawer that slides out onto the tailgate so it's, it's supported still and it'll be the largest of the drawers um, and I can put things in there and then have a couple of drawers that slide out towards the truck cab where I can probably put clothing and stuff like that that isn't needed, you know, directly all the yeah. time. Um, and then I also build a cubby along the other wheel well that doesn't have the bed on it. So I can stuff things in there that like, like tools and stuff that I don't need all, you know, to access a lot. But for the, for those not getting the video feed right now, Sarah's just done a, a, a very intricate diagram with her hands. You should yeah. see this thing she built. It's fabulous. So your first one obviously wasn't this well planned out, right? You like just hopped in the truck. No, I did actually plan it, you know, pretty yeah. well, and I didn't change it, and I was surprised. My so I get this a little bit from my dad, um, who works as a forest fire lookout out west in the summers, um, and he has an old nineteen. I want to say it's a 1974 Scamp trailer, which is like one of the original <laughs> like fiberglass um, trailers that I think it's only 11 feet. I want to say, and um, so he lives out of that for like five months out of the year. Um, was a cabinet maker. Um, still is a cabinet maker so he's redone the inside so it's all like custom cabinets and really nice and he's got like a little flat screen tv in there with an antenna so you can get like a few channels um he gets he can get mail so he gets like netflix movies it's like it's really nice and solar panel you know solar powered um and so you know he's always changing things like he's like has the ability he has the tools and the space and he's got the time and the time yeah to, like, for fires, to think right? about things and and always adjust things and like with the truck i found that i was really happy just the way i did it the first time and nice. and kind of sticking with that except for now adding the the bed expansion <laughs> if i want it but i can also make it small so the convertible yeah. i like that yeah. yeah so you can tell your dad look i got my, i got a perfect design yeah. the first the first time <laughs> first time Well, it just seemed to work well for me. The one thing that um, I have found living out of the truck that I can't believe there isn't out there yet is a large water containment, like, container with a spigot on it. There is not, like, I have a six-gallon, you know, rigid side, kind of, not cube, but rectangular um, water jug, which six gallons is a lot of water. It's heavy. Like, I don't like to take that out all the time if it's full, but... When I do, I have to tip it and pour it. There's no spigot attachment, and I've never been able to find one huh. that does. Wow. Million-dollar idea. Somebody. You would, you would think that. <laughs> it would so, save me a lot of trouble. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is what do they put in, like, the pop-up trailers and stuff like that that have, you know, little kitchen sinks? So they do. So they there are systems, like in the Scamp, say, um, there's a pump, actually, in his. So he's got, like, a big – I forget what, how much water he can carry um, – probably like 15 gallons of water or something maybe more maybe 30 that's like underneath the scamp and then there is a pump that's powered off his solar 
that very loud when you turn it on, you know. But so, it's, so you can have a little bit of running water in there, which is pretty neat. So I think we'll have to get your dad on the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. we'll, have to, yes. we'll have to do a video feed. He can give us a tour of the scamp. It's pretty. Know. It's it's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds comfy. <laughs> it sounds quality. Yeah. But I, you know, I got a mini tour of the truck today. Yes. Yeah. Memory foam. You got memory, memory foam. Memory foam in there. Um, there's good ambiance. I have some nice like LED lights that I swing around the curtains. top. I you have, have curtains. curtains. Yeah. It's nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. It's cozy. It's you know very comfortable. You know, I found um, like having just the things you need is really, mm-hmm. you know. That makes it makes the rest of your life more enjoyable. <laughs> right. So how did you how did you get in? How did you decide that this was going to be your your stick? So when I um, so I only I'm a RN as that's my how I kind of pay for these things. <laughs> um, that's what I do in my off days is work as a nurse. Yeah, but exactly. um, when I was in nursing school, we were getting ready to graduate and everybody's like applying for jobs you know and new graduate nurse positions and stuff and I was like almost got like caught up in that hype of like oh gosh maybe I should apply like maybe I I don't want to miss out on this opportunity and then I'm thinking I'm like you know what there no there's nurse hospitals are always going to be there you know um and I had gotten a spot on the run steep um, get high team, which is a Aravipa running kind of offshoot. Yep. Jamil and right. Jamil Curry. Yep. yep. Um, and I just like emailed him out of the blue one day. I was like, love to join the team. Maybe, you know, I run here in the, the Northeast and what, you know, what do you think? And he was like, called me up. He's like, yeah, you want to be on the team? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that like got me thinking like, Oh, well maybe I could like, and that included, you know, some race entries into the sky running series. Um, and that got me thinking like, well, yeah, why don't I go do this trip and go run these other mountains and go out West and, um, take a, you know, break after school before going into working. And, um, yeah, I'm really glad I did. (laughs) Yeah. You know, everybody that takes a break after school always has a great like story and, and it's never like I regretted not going right. to college right away, right. you know. Yeah. So I uh, well, what you or not getting a job right away. Yeah. What, you know, if you take a break in between these transitions in your life to sort yeah. of get get some perspective. Yeah. You know, and and I this is my second degree, so I have a bachelor's degree in environmental science prior, actually from Plattsburgh State, um, and I used to work in environmental education. Was what I did for uh, a couple of years in there, as well as worked at the brewery and. Whatever I know, and doing, you, it's like you got 50 years of, of <laughs> history. it all in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to miss anything. You know, it's also, it's, yeah. it's certainly, um, it's one of my greatest attributes, I think, that I can do all these things. It's also a little bit of a, like, weakness slash, like, I don't know what the word is, but it's like I, I definitely have, like, fear of missing out sometimes. You know, I, right. I try to pack way too much in and spread myself a little too thin. But Right, and as witnessed by, like, you had the talk last right. night. So you, you drove in, you had the talk. You were going to be leaving for Georgia yeah. Death Race yeah. this morning. Yeah. And you decided not to do that. Correct, yeah. But but you would have went, okay, I'm going to just drive from Rochester, and then I'm going to fly down. I'm going to run this 70-something rounded. Right, mile rounded, race. 70-something mile race. <laughs> I'm going to come back to the Northeast, and then I'm going to start a cross-country trip <laughs> across the country. Exactly. So... I decided not to do Georgia Death Race, one, because I don't have the miles on my legs, the training, and um, which kind of is more due to, the, like, the winter has been 
really good in the Northeast. We've had a lot of snow, so we've done a lot of skiing. It's also been really cold, so getting in three-hour trail runs has not been an option, really, you know. Um, But, yeah, so I definitely do those sorts of things a lot where I'm like, okay, I can just, I could fly out of here and... Which isn't, it's not unachievable like it is. People, you can do it, you know. Um, I like to say I'm typically highly caffeinated and a little disheveled. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay with me. (laughs) Yeah. But you got it on, you got on a lockdown mostly, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Usually. (laughs) So, okay, so let's, um, because I was just, you were mentioning lots of snow in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. We had lots of snow every day, except for the day of the World Snowshoe Championships. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yeah. And so yep. you're from up in that area, mm-hmm. um, and your town pulled it off. Yeah. Right. That I was mean, great. Yep. They, they, there was snow on the trails. Yep. The, the trail, yeah, got a little bit beat up by the end of the race, but overall, it was a heck of a run. It was a good time. It was a great event. Um, the, yeah, the Saranac Lake community really like came together so strongly for this. It was or for that. It was great. Um, you know, it was. I think a lot of people were like, "Wow, I can't, you know." A lot of people didn't even know what it was, mm-hmm. you know, what was going to happen. And they still brought their shovels out yeah. and, you know, walked up the course and were shoveling, grandmas shoveling yes. snow onto yep. the course. And then I think people seeing, like, the athletes that came and, like, internationally, I think they had 11 different countries represented, mm-hmm. which was huge. Um, and people were like, wow, okay, yeah, this is, like, a real thing. Like, this is this is great and everybody was psyched and i think actually having the warm weather was almost a good thing so you got definitely more people out spectating um you know if it'd been five degrees out we all would have been complaining about how cold it was rather than how warm it was you know right. which yep. is just how people are well, but you know people and people are weather people, oh yeah people love to talk yeah. about the weather so i think know. it was good i mean and it like there was a storm that evening actually so we were all yes. in the um banquet uh like the dinner and like four inches of snow fell like very heavy thick mm-hmm. snow that actually lake placid lost power all of lake placid lost their power until the next day i think at like yeah. noon or something um so it's kind of ironic that it was know. really an ice storm <laughs> yeah like the big ice storm comes 12 hours late yeah you know but it was great because we all got to hang out for the races and the last race finished and everybody was you know mm-hmm. got a little vitamin d the sun was shining and we had a little dance party out yeah. there afterwards <laughs> it was so warm i mean yeah. i went out in um shorts and like a long sleeve yeah. tech shirt for a warm-up run and i'm like this is too hot yeah i had a singlet on yeah, yeah it was, and I even I then i was hot even yep. that it was really hot too. so the the race was a little shortened because they had mm-hmm. to change the course yeah. how now you're in there you're you're going to compete like me I'm just going to wave to the people um, but like so yeah. how how were you feeling about like okay I'm racing this for the win right. and now the course has changed and now the conditions and they, they shortened it and right. you know which was, so for me like I'm an ultra runner so um, mm-hmm. that short distance in fast distance like that is tough for sure so um, it ended up being an 8k yeah, right yeah. instead of a 10k it was which even 8K. a 10k is still sh- it's short for me yeah. and i was like well just see how it goes um i've been running a lot of road i've been working on my leg turnover so i felt healthy and strong um i had only worn snowshoes like once i think in that pair i hadn't even put on until like that day <laughs> <laughs> and they were a demo pair of um the dion dion snowshoes yeah. and uh I kind of felt bad I hadn't even been on the course because, like, I know Dewey, like Dewey is where I run all the time. You know, like yeah. I run from my house, mile up the road to Dewey, and do you know repeats and stuff and run home. But um, so I wasn't worried necessarily about that. I mean, 
and I tried not to just stress about it because it was a lot of pressure. I mean, in the hometown, like uh-huh. <laughs> everybody knew me, which was really fun. Like being out there on the course and like hearing everybody cheer for you is is exciting, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was great having. I knew a lot of the folks that were there from out west to race, and um, I was like, "Wait, you're coming to my little town? You know, like you're coming <laughs> to Syriac Lake?" And, um, and that was really fun to like then go out and show them, you know, show them the town and yeah. hang out for a bit. And um, yeah, like Joe Gray, like he's such a nice guy. We're we're friends, and it was so great to have him there. You know, it's like this is just so cool. I, I the. So, uh, you know, we're saying, okay, Joe Gray, the world mountain running champion, yeah. right? Yeah, it's coming to Saranac Lake. <laughs> yeah, and he he smoked that he, course. Yeah. Smoked yeah. that. Yeah. Well, 29, 29 minutes yep. for an, an 8K, a sloppy 8K yep. in in snowshoes. I mean, mm-hmm. he had he had barely snowshoes on. But. Yeah. So, and he had gotten into town um, two days prior. And so the day before the race, he ran, he, I think he ran it like 12 times or something like 12 laps maybe 15 laps of that so he knew like the in and out of every turn you know which is smart you know if you're going for Mm -hmm. the win that's probably the way to do it and he was telling me i mean he knew where he could kind of like hold back a little and then where you could push it and Mm -hmm. that's how he gained that like huge i mean he had a huge lead i don't it was it would have been really cool on the original course because it had the big the big climb yeah yeah yeah. which would have been tough. I mean, it would have been a bottleneck, though. Like, it would have been pretty tight mm-hmm. through that section. Um, which So Dewey Mountain is owned by the village of Saranac Lake, mm-hmm. uh, the town. And uh, they just acquired a lot of new acreage, like 30 acres, I think, around where they are now. So it's great, and it's growing. Um, they're going to put in more mountain bike trails. There's also a... Um, trail group called the Bark Eater Trails Alliance that maintains all their mountain bike trails in the summertime there. Um, so they're psyched to put in all those new trails, but that part of it was going to be where the snowshoe race was going to be. So it was neat to, yeah. s- I did preview a little bit of that cause I'd never been in there actually. And that was kind of cool to see. So it's yeah. exciting that new trails, new trails to run, <laughs> you know, for yeah. the next time the world snowshoe championships yeah. <laughs> yeah. come to Saranac Lake. Yeah. But yeah, so we had a, a lot of people from Rochester went up, a lot of group people yeah. from the Medved. Um, we have a Medved winter racing squad here mm-hmm. and, you know, um, we've run in Dion snowshoes mm-hmm. and, you know, that's kind of, um, so most of us went up there for that. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I always like going whenever there's these races, like whether it's Ian's uh, white face sky race or anything, yeah. the day before the sky race, I decided I was going to go up and do, uh, Algonquin and just kind of go up there right in Algonquin. And as I'm going up and down the trail, I'm seeing everybody from Rochester. I'm yeah. seeing everybody from the races. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the mountains are full of ultra runners yeah. right now. <laughs> Which is cool. It is. It's neat to run into people that way um, and mm-hmm. meet people out on the trail. I mean, that's what, you know, like before a race, if I'm traveling to a race, I try, I do a shakeout run, you know, not very long. Um, and so, but you will run into people just doing yeah. the same thing, you know. Yeah, some cool. people, some people meet at the mall, others at the grocery <laughs> store. We meet up in yeah, the mountains. in the mountains, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's better that yeah. way. Yep. And uh, when, when I, I had left uh, Saranac that day, the day of the race, because I, I was so close to Vermont. I went up to visit some of my friends oh, in Vermont. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Hey, I'm here. I went. Yeah. I have a friend that lives in Jay. Okay. So drove up to Jay, picked yeah. him up. We took the ferry across, went up um, to Jericho, and just kind of hung right. out. And yeah. The snow had started. Okay. And that's when I got texts from people like, "All the power's out in Lake Placid," yeah. and I'm like, "Huh." 
I got this. I'm here in Vermont, yeah. nice and cozy and warm. And we went outside and watched, and we got to see some thunder snow. Oh, cool! So it was yeah, so yeah. exciting. That is exciting. Felt like Jim yeah. Cantrell on the Weather Channel. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. It was a big party. Oh, yeah. we, so I was nice and cozy and warm that yeah. night. That well, Saranac awesome. Lake didn't lose power um, yeah. at all, which was I was really surprised. But yeah, we were staying at a and B in Placid, and okay. it lost power. Yeah. So Boo yeah. Earns. Hmm. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, it makes it more memorable, right? Everybody <laughs> yeah. will remember now that. <laughs> oh, everybody. It will For so many reasons, that, that championship will be talked yeah. about for a while. So you ended up finishing second? Was I was it? fourth, actually. You were fourth. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, and I was pushing hard. Like, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, but I, like I said, I, it's, no, it's not my thing. It wasn't, so not maybe. enough, not enough gain, right? Well, you know, and I think I would have, like, maybe even another lap would have been interesting to see what mm-hmm. happened, yeah. um, which I think they could have done. I mean, I, I'm super psyched with how it went. It was pretty destroyed by the time I got yeah, that's I got up I, I, top for the second yeah. lap. It was pretty gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think having it there was, um, I think it worked out really well. I mean, like it's yeah. wide enough for people, you know, you can pass. Mm-hmm. Um, having, you know, the loop like that, you get to see everybody a lot, which I think is cool. And having that, you know, everything, that lodge is new, um, a couple years old now. So it's nice to showcase that and have people yeah. use that. It's really nice. Yeah. But yeah. I guess, well, you know what we never said, like, again, cause this is, I'm bad at setting context. We never said that it was 60 degrees oh, yeah. at, at race time. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it was, it was like 54 and, and as we're running, it got up to 60 degrees. So there's, I mean, it's literal streams running across. They had to shovel channels and yeah. they did a lot of things to, yeah. to make a snowshoe race on 60 degrees day yep. happened yep. so and, you know we're all talking about like oh it was really good they pulled together and we never said because it was they a did. heat wave yeah they yeah it was um it was yeah a lot of work you know and for yeah. the people that were organizing it you know a lot of like last minute changes you know which is yeah. stressful but they did a great job yeah, yeah. so speaking of the the peaks mm-hmm. you, you got them in your backyard yeah um so what's what's your favorite out of the do you have a favorite high peak i do well yeah. So my favorite, I would say, is dicks. I really like doing dicks. Ooh. So <laughs> Ooh. mainly, though, because in that um, region of the high peaks, there's no leash law. So mm-hmm. Mocha and I can go, and I don't have to worry about her running off leash and getting in trouble for it. Um, the eastern high peaks is leashed only. You're supposed to have your dog yeah. on a leash at all times. Um, and they all know me, so it's like I can't take her in there off leash and be like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> So, so I don't take her into the peaks often anymore, really, unless it's like Dick's um, giant. I'll do with her too. Giant's a fun one there, yeah. But Dick's, it's got the. If I, I go in from the round pond side off of seventy three, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, and it's Ooh. an awesome run in. Um, and then that trail, once you get to the bottom of the slide, is like, in my opinion, maybe the. And we've debated this, um, Jan Welford and I some other people the steepest trail in the Adirondacks which I think it might be that one I can't remember now if we said it was that or um, the trail in Algonquin up from uh, Avalanche Lake like right. up yeah. Algonquin um, that one's really steep that's also that's one of my favorites too that trail not, I like Algonquin too but yeah I had a feeling you were going to say Dix just because it's <laughs> it's five miles straight up you know yeah. so that was my first high peak oh really that was the first one I ever yeah. did and you know we went uh, it was one of those things where, like, oh, black fly season should be over, yeah. but it was one of the big black fly seasons. They're all so, big. <laughs> yeah. So we're just, you know, 
that was that was a nice wake up call yeah. to the mountains. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. if and luckily I liked it, right? Because mm-hmm. it could. <laughs> that's a hard one, and yeah. so I was like, okay, that was tough. Did you do from Round Pond? Itself? Yeah, from Round okay. Pond. So that it's yeah. just straight up the yep. stream, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know? isn't that that's so neat when you come out to the bottom of that slide and you can, it's like beautiful, just a really cool spot. Yep. Um, you could, have you done the other the range the Dick's range I have in not there. done the range so there's yet. a um, if you go in it's best I think to go in from Elk Lake and you go up the Macomb slide um, and you can do the Dick's range and then loop it back out mm-hmm. um, which is a lot for a day I mean people when they backpack it'll it's fun to like go in and camp and then get it all done in one day and ba- maybe back out um, but that's a yeah it's a fun not as traveled right not, not as traveled loop because the the access in is a little bit you know um elk lake is nice i mean going up the slide is super fun i think but it's supposedly trailless you know peak mm-hmm. but peaks um but it's there's herd pass there from yeah. so many people but i guess that's what i mean like it's not a marked trail you're not going to see it like right. you know so the people aren't going that way so that's why it's a little bit less yeah. tra- as as opposed to anything that you leave from the lodge right you know right. it's all, yeah. it might as well be a paved road going you know pretty much to marcy dam it is yeah. um yeah but you know it's really fun like i enjoy i used to hate that section like from marcy dam out to the lodge you know mm-hmm. like for some reason it would like have like this like oh, i don't want to do this and then lately it's growing on me <laughs> <laughs> like i really appreciate i yeah i've really appreciated it uh more and more for some reason maybe i'm just making myself but (laughs) the the wisdom of your age i I don't know you know um it yeah like with all the travel that i do like i am almost envious of people that get to know a place so well that like they that they never leave like a mountain range or something um that they like know every blade of grass and you know so i appreciate both sides i guess of it you know so i've been trying to look at things more like that like see it in a different way even though i've run it once a week or something Mm -hmm. you know um it's good to get some perspective on it right yeah and i i find um bringing somebody to the high peaks gets gets reinvigorates you know me Mm -hmm. and and so this winter we did round pond um Uh we can't we do a winter camping trip every year and we camped uh at round pond and went up to round mountain oh nice yeah and um you know looking over at we're looking over at whiteface Mm -hmm. on on dial and then behind you is giant right and as we're doing that we're talking about the stories of oh remember the trip we did this one and so and so came with us right and it was their first time and they had the yeah. thing and so yeah, you yeah. can always you can talk about it yeah in in a way sort of through their eyes and mm-hmm. through their experience and it, it, is cool. yeah. it brings it up you know a little bit more for yeah, me definitely yeah the uh the other thing about the high peaks that i like is there's 73 right so it's the road yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you know there's um there's like old familiars on that road. Yeah. There's Noonmark Diner. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> we're stopping yeah, yeah. at Newmark, and there's the Stewarts up there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you got your like you like you were saying earlier. Always know where the bathroom is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I recently read wrote a my last blog post. It's not that recent anymore. Now it was all about um, like North Country convenience stores, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I spend quite a bit of time in them, I feel like like after a run, you know, getting you know rehydrating and. Um, what I can find at Stewart's, you know, that I like to eat. And I'm a huge 
coffee person. I think I already mentioned that. So where I can get good coffee, um, and the, yeah, where the bath, the best bathrooms are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there, it's usually at a Stewart's. I mean, yeah. Stewart's. Oh yeah, Stewart's is is key. Yeah. yeah. You, and you can because you can you can get like a hard boiled egg sometimes and a yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Plus some sort of chocolate. I used to coffee. I used to fuel my my trips through there with the peanut butter and butter rolls. <laughs> yes. I used to live because that's the only place you can. Who makes yeah. peanut butter and butter rolls <laughs> anymore? <laughs> so yeah, I used I I know that I'm I know that I'm close when I see the first Stewarts and I'm like oh yes yeah definitely thank you you know yep so hmm, the the North Country convenience <laughs> store <laughs> yeah um, no and it's interesting you know I kind of like I judge them based on right their coffee because I'm. I don't want to say I'm a coffee snob, but I drink my coffee black, and so you can taste it when it's a good cup of coffee. Cheers. <laughs> you know? You know, that you yeah. know when it's, you're not hiding it. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, and if it isn't a good cup of coffee, like, if it's, I can go with flavored coffee if I have to, too. You know, like yeah. a hazelnut or something. Like, Ooh, okay, this I, I can handle, you I know. I can immediately taste the flavor. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but. I get it. You, yeah. Sometimes you got to make two. <laughs> sometimes I mean, you got it. Yeah, you <laughs> Living in a truck, you yeah. got to. So when I live in, when I make coffee in the, I, one of my favorite things is making coffee when I'm living in the truck. Um, so I do have a solar panel on there. Um, yeah. And it, it's a goal zero um, battery, basically, in there. And uh, it's, I mean, super easy system. Um, I've been looking at the, yeah. a lot of the goal zeros, trying to make the decide which one. So, I'm mm-hmm. take so a- I have the Boulder 30 um, panel and the Yeti 150, I think, is the charger, mm-hmm. um, which is enough for my laptop, watches, phone. Um, and it also you can run like a you know regular 12 volt. So I have a extension cord that I typically run from the battery to the back of the truck. So when I'm on the tailgate, I have power and I'll grind my beans like right there, and you know do the French press. And it's not like a the coffee best snob. Thing. Not a coffee snob. <laughs> um, actually, for Christmas, my dad got me a hand grinder, so now I have that too. So That's... I can. My goal, I have not done this yet, is to bring like a jet boil and um the, the hand grinder and actually make some coffee like on a run somewhere mm-hmm. at some point so i have a i have at work i have a little zorjushi hand grinder yeah, yeah. it's a little silver cylinder that's what, yeah i think that's and then the i have an arrow press okay, so yeah yeah so people at work yeah. like they look at me like uh, <laughs> you know yeah i'm like look at some people you know yeah. do this do that i i have 15 minutes of meditation yeah. i'm grinding my beans and making my coffee yeah. you know? and there's something about like when you take away the other distractions of things and you're just concentrated on one task like that it makes it better somehow yeah, <laughs> yeah you gotta think so like i've had some really good cups of coffee in some really cool places you know <laughs> <laughs> just pull over you know what yeah. sunrise i'm gonna make yeah. a cup of coffee yeah so where are some of the where's where's one of your best cups of coffee there's a spot um you don't have to give exact geo. We don't want. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of the national forest. It's in um, outside of Mazama, Washington, um, and there's a cool. I can't even remember the name of the pass, but the you know long dirt road. The cool thing about being out west versus like the Adirondacks is there's so many access roads, you know, dirt roads that you can just like get so far out and then go on foot even farther. Um, so there's a cool couple of campgrounds up near the Pacific Crest Trail um, outside of Mazama there. I, I can't remember the name of the pass, but um, great sunrise one morning, you know, cup of coffee and just, nice. yeah. There it is, good. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. That's just, why That's why you do what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, 
the hmm, where was I going to go with this? I was going to say the you got you got your truck plan, mm-hmm. right? And so let's get into the cross country trek. Sure, you're going to go cross country. Yeah. So the, is the final destination Western States or yeah. Western States is just sort of a drop. That's on the, the that's the final right. destination. So yeah. we're going yeah. we're going Saranac Lake to. Western State starting line. Yep. Starting April twenty eighth. Yes. Yep. All right. right. So I'm calling it um, uh, L'Amour Montagna Tour. So it's sort of in the La Sportiva Italian, you know, getting yeah. that in there. Um, so I run for La Sportiva, yeah. and um, they are helping. I'm going to be doing some retailer-based group runs around the West, um, leading up to Western States, and some very cool projects with some other team members um, that run for La Sportiva. Um, so over two months, May and June, and just kind of traveling and living out of the truck, and um, some really, yeah, cool projects. <laughs> so, yeah, you can keep them under wraps, that's yeah. fine, you know. We, <laughs> The, the thousands of listeners of this podcast <laughs> won't tell won't tell corporate about it, but um the you're gonna you got to stick on a training plan mm-hmm. as you're traveling across the country. Yeah, you have we've we've it's been disclosed. You have a coach. Yes, yeah. You know, and your yep. coach is watching you. He's right? awesome. Yeah. So David Roach is my coach, yeah. um, and so he's all savvy to this plan. You know, and he thinks it's awesome. He's you know probably my biggest cheerleader. It's right. It's it's great, um, and he's always in my corner. You know, which is awesome. So, yeah, I um, told him I was doing this, and we have a, you know, Google Doc, basically, you know, mm-hmm. so I try to lay out, and I probably have not done a very good job of updating it recently, but <laughs> lay you out gotta, stops, you, gotta have you know. got the five miles this morning, right? Four, right, got to put that in there. Two miles of clay and three <laughs> miles of water. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of like a bath out there this morning, ice nice. bath, yeah. We did that for you. We know you, you got showers very <laughs> yeah, infrequently in your truck, so... <laughs> Um, which we could talk. I was going to write a whole blog post about showering and living out of the truck too at, at some point. But. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a whole you know like I'll lay out as best I can um, for him where I'm going to be and just try to try to keep to it. Um, you know, and that's the coolest thing about this is that I don't. I mean, I do have projects and destinations and places I have to be and 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 things I have to send back for La Sportiva and blog and whatnot. Um, but there really isn't any, you know, I can there's just no go rules. run every day, you know? Yeah, there's no rules to it. So um, fitting in the training should, should not be hard at all, actually. Right. Hopefully. Now you find a challenge with the old hip flexors tightening up after you do driving? Six, yeah, yes. six, eight hours yeah, yeah, of driving? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I try not to go longer than eight hours for for sure. Yeah. And even that, I have to stop and like get out and walk a little bit just to loosen everything up because mm-hmm. it is it is tough. But oh. with this the new truck, at least I have cruise control, so that's exciting. The yes. Ford Ranger last time I did this did not. Well, that was, <laughs> so it was, that was like brutal. Pedal powered, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like Fred Flintstone, like. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So the at least that helps, you know, having that, but. So you, you have a, you have your training plan, and then you got destinations. Are you you're going to stop at some races along the way, right? Um, well, they're more more project based. So um, I'll be in Jackson Hole first. Um, well, start off in Boulder, and uh, I think we're going to be doing a group run at Boulder Running Company. Oh, so your first destination is to get from Saranac Lake to Boulder. To Boulder. 
Yep. Um, I'm working on a whole interactive map, actually, that'll be on my website hopefully soon. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, very exciting. Whoa. Very, very exciting. Um, with clickable links and everything. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so starting out at Boulder Running Company on May 3rd, I think, is when that date is. And then from there, I'll go up to Jackson Hole. Um, April 28th to May 3rd. So you got five days, yeah. six days yeah. to get to. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I hope to be in Boulder May, May 1st, actually, is my goal date. But mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go drive, pretty much driving, and then running at some point, David. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a runner from the future. You, yeah. got, you got all your stuff mapped out. You're going <laughs> yeah. to be being track. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, yeah, and so then I'll go up to Jackson Hole for a little bit. Um, and my next plan is a Zion Traverse, hopefully, depending on temperature and how, you know, the weather is. Um, my next have to be place would be um park city running company and that'll be may 21st i believe is that date so in between there there's time to get in all sorts of different things man yeah and then the next like hard set date i don't really have one until western states it's kind of like the third week of june you got something going yeah there's a little thing there (laughs) at the end of june so (laughs) but so um, last night at the talk, you mentioned like trying to not have it be like working up to Western States as the pinnacle. Yeah. So it's kind of the end of your road trip and yeah. then you, you'll turn around and, or you figure out something else to do. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you're, you're saying you're not looking at it as like all of all of these roads lead to Western States. Right. Yeah. And is that kind of like a, that's more of like a philosophical thing for you, right? I like, think so. Um, you know, I found last year competing so much that if I didn't make a big deal out of them, I did a lot better. Um, that if they just became like events, it was, you know, an everyday, you know, lifestyle event, it would be easier, you know, and less pressure, less, some people work really well under pressure. Um, but I find I don't, you know, that the stress of that is, (laughs) is worse for me. Um, that I'd rather have it just be, yeah, another, you know, a big day, you know, it's a <laughs> hundred mile day, but have it's it kind just, of a long day. Yeah. And, and certainly have it be exciting. And, you know, like my mom and dad will be there and, you know, some friends and, um, like I like, what did I put in my calendar was like dancing and high fiving for 19 hours. So, awesome. <laughs> so that's what I hope to do the whole time. Um, and I was telling, I guess my mom, I think, or somebody that like, I want to, like I want to be in a positive place for as much of it as I can be, you know? Um, and I don't want to put a lot of pressure on it. And I did find this past year that not having these events be such a big deal made it just more enjoyable that you could, I could enjoy the time there and the people and, um, not worry about the competition side of it, which I've never been competitive, you know, so you've never been growing up. I was not competitive, but (laughs) I, I mean, I am competitive when I'm racing, I'm racing, but, um, yeah. I, yeah. There's also experiences, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And so, uh, speaking of that competitive, uh, so you're you're going in a sponsor spot from Joel Bull, yep. right? Yep. And so, will do you think that that will help you, like, sort of take your mind off of it because you'll be out there doing Joel Bull stuff and sort of representing them? Yeah. You know, I, I was um, floored when they offered me the spot. They're uh, an amazing company. Um, I met Nick Yardley. Uh, couple years ago now um at a local race in Keene Valley actually um and he lives in Vermont and 
the Mountaineer puts on a trail run every year that's a fundraiser for the um, River Association. And we um, just connected, you know, and, and really nice guy. And um, that's kind of how I got involved with Jalbo originally. Um, and when he offered me the spot for Western States, I was like, well, yeah, of course, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like floored. Um, and so, yeah, they're a great company. And um, being out there on that sponsor spot, you know, is there is some pressure there, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like you want to do well and represent them. And, um, but, you know, I think just being there is enough, you know? Yeah. To, and I think, I think it's about it's so being in that positive mindset yeah. is how you represent them, yes, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if, yeah. if you go out there and you're, you're grumpy pants, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah, true. <laughs> you know, yep. so, um, so keeping the right mindset. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think they're going to be like, Oh, Sarah, Sarah finished seventh female overall, <laughs> but right. boy, she is, you know, she was grumpy <laughs> right. the whole time, but we're happy to have our company name up there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They'd more yeah. be like, Sarah went yeah. out, had a great time. Yeah, I think yeah. even if I finished, like, last, you know, I yeah. think, um, and same with La Sportiva, you know, they are both amazing companies that even if I, right, was dead last, they would still be psyched that I was there and um, more pumped about the experience, you know. Right, um, exactly. And, and living it. Yeah. So you had, you had said um, dancing and high-fiving for 19 hours. <laughs> So yes, <laughs> so you got that in your mind. Uh-huh. Nineteen hours. Well, yeah, that's pretty. That's yeah. Well, maybe I should have said twenty. <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's a net downhill. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it is. Which I consider myself a good downhill runner, but I don't know for hundred miles. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So I. Um, Jason, I had Jason Mintz on the podcast, and he's uh, he's a Syracuse guy, and he comes to Rochester rather regularly. So we've kind of got to be friends, and I talked to him about his Western states, you know, what his hopes and all that were. And he wrote a, a blog post, and he had 10 things on there, like his wish list of 10 things. And it was like good, you know, strong training on the way up to it so he could have a good experience. And, and one of them he wrote was um, No Hands Bridge. Mm-hmm. And he had hoped to experience No Hands Bridge. Yeah. Because if you do that, then yeah, yeah. you're you're done, yeah. right? So yep. I thought a really interesting way of him, you know, like I want to see that bridge. I'm I'm going to get to yeah. that bridge, you know, yeah. setting a little mini goal. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that today, and like stage racing. Like I've never done a stage race, but when, on the run this morning, um, the ladies were saying like it make, breaks it down into manageable chunks, you know, mm-hmm. which is I think the same for a hundred mile race. You just you go from aid station to aid station, or like when you're going to see your crew next, or um, yeah, like po- I listen to a lot of podcasts actually when I'm out there doing something like that. Um, maybe I'm not actually listening, but at least it's on. Yeah. I was going to ask if you if you listen to any on your driving when you're driving. Oh, yeah, or do, do you like oh, try yeah. to tune in local radio stations or do you just like? Um, I guess it depends. I mean, a lot. I do a lot of podcast listening on the yeah. road. Yeah. Um, That's what I do all yeah. the time. That's yeah. why I like to drive places alone by myself. Yeah. Catch up yeah. on all my stories. Yeah. I, I mean, and I do... I do listen to a lot of music too. I certainly really enjoy, like there's a feeling I was saying this to somebody else recently too, like when you've done a, like a long, like couple hour run or something and like you get back to your car and like you got your favorite song on or like mm-hmm. one of your favorite like artists or something. It's like there's, then, you know, you got your endorphins running, you know, going through you and everything, but it's like, there's no better feeling than that. Yeah. You know? So what's your, what's going to be your jam for, oh boy, for Western States, which which is going to be the like <laughs> the emergency ripcord pull Sarah out of a funk jam. Oh, I don't know. I haven't thought that far yet, but that's good. I will probably I should make a playlist. You're right. 
I haven't even thought about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to your list. Yeah, thanks. Yes. Um, the- <laughs> so, are you a, are you like a race strategist when you're in there? Do you break it down like, okay, here's going to be my pace per mile, my time between aid stations, X amount of calories? Like, do you? No, do you I mean, I plan? do try to think about how, like, right, having a gel every like half hour, <clears throat> that sort of thing. Um, you know, and I will probably try to keep an eye on the pace or have my pacers do that for me. Um, but I, I, uh, not really. I try not to worry about it too yeah, much. Just let it, I don't, let it I mean, flow, huh? it does distract me sometimes, which is good, you know, in a race to like have to mentally do like math in my head or something where I'm like, wait, what time am I at now? When did we start? You know, like those things distract me, which is a good thing sometimes. But, um, yeah, I'd rather, yeah. Do you do a do you do a watch? Do you, are you a, are yeah. you a watch watcher? Sometimes I do wear you know, and I've started running, um, doing some heart rate train like based keeping track of my heart rate, which I never used to do um, with and my GPS watch. And I, I do like having that. I like having actually more of the altitude and elevation gain on mm-hmm. my watch, um, especially just when I'm training in the high peaks and stuff I'm, or anywhere. If I'm a new place, then I can say, okay, so I know the summit is um, X, Y, and Z elevation, and mm-hmm. so I know how far I have to go kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, I, I can I can see that, you know, it's, it's about if you got to, you know, instead of I've got three more hours to get to the top, yeah. it's more like I got 3,000 more feet, right. you know. Yeah. And, you know, coming from all the sky running that I've done, that's kind of mm-hmm. um, yeah, more how I look at it. Yeah, you did run Whiteface last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was there. I was at the uh, I was at the uh, Mid Mountain Aid Station. Okay, yeah. Um, during the thunderstorm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I we were like so it was me and um, Jared Burdix was then girlfriend, yep. but now no. now yeah. fiance. Yeah. Um, we were we were there at the Mid Mountain Aid Station, yeah. and it started just thundering and pouring down. Yeah. And we're standing underneath the lift, and I was like, "You know what? Let me just see." Creek, and the, the lift door was open, so we went. <laughs> they went in. So we went in, and that's yeah. where you know, it's safety first, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. That race, it's in its. It'll be its third year this year, and the first year was even worse. Actually, yeah. the weather was like insane. I don't think I've ever raced in conditions like that before. You it know, was. That, I've I've never seen rain at any of Ian Golden's races. Is all I'm going to tell you. The guy, he has a penchant for blue skies and sunshine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they. I mean, he does a great job. Um, and that sky, the white face sky race, is probably one of the reasons. Also, I got into sky running, um, yeah. like I did. You know, it was like, oh, it's in my backyard. Of course, I'm going to do this event. Mm-hmm. Um, and training for that, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. Like, yeah, this is. I like yeah. this. Um, and it's, I think it's amazing that it's in the only East Coast sky race is pretty cool that it's right, mm-hmm. you know, right there, right there for me, um, which I'll be there this year. I don't know if I'll race or not because it's two weeks after Western, but um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's great. I think um, the sky running series, I hope to see it grow. Um, I'm not sure which direction where it's going right now. Um, you know, it's huge, so huge in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see it, you know, get that here, but I don't know if it will. It's... We're working on it, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's little ones popping up, and Broken Arrow is getting yeah. like some popularity. Oh, Broken right? Arrow is like, it's that's one of the best ones I've right. ever and been it, to. And that's what I'm saying. For like, sure. it's, and it's getting a really good name, and it's mm-hmm. getting a good reputation. Yeah. And so that, that can only help, you know? Yep. So. Um, 
yeah, that Broken Arrow race is is great. I highly recommend it on yeah. people's list for sure. It should be, yeah. yeah. So for your training, do you do you really just do you just run the peaks? Do you do other supplemental exercises, anything like that? Um, I mean, in the so like this winter, I've done a lot of backcountry skiing um, for you know cross training, uh, and I've run a lot of roads this winter just because we had snow. Um, but in peak season, you know, I will run the high peaks, um, and. I don't want to, I'm trying to like think what David would want me to say here, (laughs) (laughs) but we do a lot of like, you know, interval, like I, before working with David, I never really followed a plan. Like I just sort of would go out and maybe run an interval here and there. If I was like, Oh, maybe I should sprint the next, you know, like quarter mile and take a break and do it again. Um, and so I've definitely seen big improvements since working with him actually on my leg turnover and my speed, which is what I told him I wanted. Um, and you know, we adjust, you know, based on, right, like, getting into Western states. Like, it's huge. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and I mountain bike a little bit in the summertime, but, again, I don't want to get hurt, so I don't do that a ton. Um, and basically just, yeah, just trying to run as much as I can on runnable terrain, you know, right. um, to keep my leg speed up. But, you know, you also want strength, to you know, if you're doing the sky races, so. Yeah, I found this winter I had a I had a really difficult time. I went to the roads because I just had a difficult time keeping a, a decent, safe, feel good kind of run pace. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So I did a lot of road running just in order to actually run. Yeah. You know, and not slip and slide yeah. and struggle and shiver. You yeah. know, and walk and all. Well, that. even our roads, even the roads were covered in snow, so it's yeah. like <laughs> even then I'm slipping and sliding, well, but. Um, yeah, you know, it's like running on the trail would just be like post holing, you know, or like just. Yeah, your roads used to be trails. Right. So yeah. that's, that's kind of a thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that's, you know, it sounds like you got a pretty good summer lined up. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So you go to June 24th and yep. do your um, thing. And then, so I, the only thing I really have to be back for it was the White Bay Sky Races. So I'll be back for that. So mm-hmm. I have that time. Either I can jet right back east, or maybe I'll take a little time after. Um, I'm doing Speed Goat at the end of July, so mm-hmm. then I'll fly out for that one. Um, and then I don't, well, my next thing is going to uh, Europe with some friends, actually, Ian Golden, um, to do the UTMB course, just run it for fun. Um, right. mid mid August, and then I have like I don't really have much else on the docket after that, so we'll uh, see. You what know, happens. that seems that seems fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there's some things out there, some things that I'm tossing around. You got to do for some the fall, but you got to we'll do see. some RNing at some point, right? Right, I do just work a little. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Mm, whatever. Yeah. Just get get enough money for gas. So, yeah, she's fast, but she can also slow it down pretty well. Though, as you heard, there's rarely a dull moment for Sarah. I mean, come on, who she, <laughs> she's going to drive across the country racing and repping her way all the way to a 100-mile race. Seems it's all just a big adventure for her. As long as there is coffee in the cup and gas in the car... And if you find that water jug that she's looking for, please drop me a line here at the podcast or contact her on Twitter. I think it would be a revolutionary thing. So 
Now, about this episode's sponsor, Twisted Branch. Twisted Branch Trail Run is a 100K Ultra with 10,000 feet of gain and 11,000 feet of descent. So it's a net downhill, just like just like Western states, uh, which will take place on August 19th, 2017. It runs the Bristol Hills branch of the Finger Lakes Trail in Ontario County Park, deposits runners on the shores of Cuca Lake in the town of Hammondsport. Now, I could tell you all about the beautifully grueling single track that makes up most of this run. Instead, I want to tell you about the community atmosphere surrounding this race. It has an unusually large number of easily accessible aid stations that are full of friends and family bringing energy to an all-day affair. Places like Bud Valley become a runner's hangout. I mean, it's a it's a full-on festival there. Additionally, if you aren't familiar with the area, Hammondsport in the summertime is alive with craft fairs, wine tastings, local breweries, and beautiful area bed and breakfast. This 100K is one that you really can build a family weekend around. Back again this year will be free camping at both the start and the finish line. So, you know, bed and breakfasts aren't your thing. Or maybe you want to send the family off to the bed and breakfast while you rough it on the ground. Either way, you know. Ontario County Park, the, the start, is a beautiful park with amenities like showers and restrooms. High above Ontario County Park. Perfect for sleeping under the moon right before your big race. Uh, Hammondsport, the finish, well, it's going to have food and friends and a fire and a beach. So, you know, you could probably figure out what to do with all those things. New this year is a 20-hour cutoff. So this impossible race just totally became possible. No more excuses. You may have missed the early bird pricing, but the race is still plenty affordable. So get registered and get back to training. You can find more information on one of the best race websites you'll ever see. Like, seriously, it's a good site at twistedbranchtrail.com. You can also find links to the Twisted site and the sign-up page in the show notes. Register now, and on August 19th, you too can discover the beauty and the brutality of the Twisted Branch. Thanks to Twisted Branch for sponsoring this episode. You know, and Sarah's free in August, and she'll probably be recovered enough from Western states. So who knows? Maybe she'll be there. It is worth three UTMB points after all. And, you know, she's got an interest there. So hmm. uh, be sure to check out those episode show notes at runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash 049 for links to some of the topics in the episode, like the map of Sarah's trip. Jim Cantrell and his excitement for thunder snow, um, her solar charger of choice. And uh, you can also find information on our sponsor, Twisted Branch Trail Run, as well as her sponsors, La Sportiva and Jubal. Some info also about Medved running and walking. So these show notes, they're just jammed. I mean, jammed full of information. Thanks again to Medved for pretty much making this whole thing happen and making so many other things happen in the Rochester community. If you want to chat about this episode with other listeners or just simply share your stories, drop a line on the Facebook page or shout at me on Twitter at RunInsideOut. Thank you to all of this month's Patreon supporters. Your continued financial support helps me keep improving this podcast. If you look forward to this podcast each week and it inspires, educates, or entertains you regularly, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Check out the homepage and click the Patreon banner. 
Please know that any amount of support is appreciated. Thank you. By the way, we're closing in on the podcast's second birthday on June 2nd, and it would be just a great present if we could just hit 20 patrons. It's a small thing, but it would be really neat. So regardless, thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.